when you think about relationships and education, do you think about how kids know their teachers or how teachers know their students or both? Because I think when we talk about relationships, the importance is that we focus on the reciprocation, that we actually know each other, that we make these connections. And what I find is that when you build those connections, when people know, you know, stories about you, they, they, they see the connections they have, things get done a lot quicker. And I was really reminded of this when I was talking uh, to Matt Woods. He is a phenomenal educator doing incredible things, doing so many things and doing them very well. And the theme that kept coming back over and over and over again is relationships. But, but what I noticed about Matt was really kind of sharing who he was and sharing his connection and really kind of making sure students knew about him and built those relationships. And we talked about this idea of compound interest that, you know, the earlier that you actually invest in those relationships later, they start coming back to you. They start helping you later that when we spend that time, you know, saying hello to people in, in the hallways, when we build those little connections that later when, you know, something could go wrong, it, it saves, you know, hours and hours of time because there's that trust, that's that connection, but it really takes that, that connection there. And so just amazed by um, Matt, his story, the, what he talks about, uh, his book series, I Want to Be, is absolutely amazing. How it came about and, and what it is is absolutely awesome. You're going to love it, and you can see it in the link below. But I really enjoyed talking with Matt. He's someone that I've actually had the privilege to connect with over the last uh, few weeks because I was actually on his podcast as well. I know you're going to love this conversation. Welcome back to another episode of the Innovators Mindset Podcast. Hey everyone, it's George Kroos, another episode of the Innovators Mindset Podcast, and I am really excited to actually have Matt Woods from Virginia here, a uh, very accomplished educator uh, in, in, to be honest, your short career, you have, you've been a teacher, you've been a vice principal, you're a principal, uh, you are now working in central office, you've written, you have a book series out. I don't know like where you're getting the time to do all this stuff. I'm a little jealous. Like uh, you obviously got to, you, you might as well give a time management course because you're obviously doing like, some <laughs> amazing things here in a short amount of time. Like when I, honestly, when I was 32 years old, like I wasn't doing anything. I was eating, I was eating chips. It was very now I, do, I do do that. I, I am a, I am a, a snack junkie. I won't lie all about right, that. Okay. Now that was like the one thing I had over you. <laughs> now that yeah. I didn't even lost that. So, <laughs> Hey, Matt, it is, it is awesome to get to know you. Um, I, I had the pleasure to be on your podcast, and we'll actually have that linked below um, as well. And so I'm so, so glad um, you, you could take the time to be on mine. So can you just tell people um, who you are and just what you do today and kind of how you got to that point? Definitely. Like I said, thanks again for having me on here. Um, my name is Matt Woods. Um, I'm an educator. Uh, like I said, I just love to tell folks I'm just an educator. That's that's exactly what I am. But um, to be specific, you know, like you said, I've been a teacher um, at the high school level. I was a middle and high school assistant principal. I was a middle school principal. And now um, I'm a director of uh, student support services for the school district that I work in. Um, I'm also an educational consultant. So I, I work with um, different amazing leaders and, and districts all across the country. Um, I have a podcast, like you said, so I'm a host of a podcast, podcast, Leading Out the Woods. 
And uh, yeah, you know, I've got a children's book series, um, which I'm really excited about, the I Want to Be series. Um, shout out Codebreaker. Um, got my, my first book do it, man. You know, you know I, I have to do it. I have to do it. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. So shout out Brian and Daphne. And uh, yeah, you know, we're actually uh, in the process of finalizing the uh, second edition of them. And we're about to re-release them through awesome. Codebreaker. So I'm super excited about that. So yeah, okay. man, that's it's me in a nutshell. Okay, I got to ask you this, and I'm curious because I know a lot of people want to know. Well, well, just listening all listing all the things that you've done, and and like it, when I first started teaching, because how long have you actually been in education? Um, twelve 10, years now. Twelve years. Eleven, twelve years. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you've been in education like a, a short. Like when I first started teaching, I thought like eleven years. That's like forever, right? But yeah, it's like quick. It goes by quick. And so you've, you've done so much stuff, uh, in a short amount of time of career. How do you, how do you, how do you like, how do you do your job, you know, create content, podcast, write books, do consulting. How do you find not the time, but how do you, I don't, I don't even know if manage is the right word for this, maybe prioritize. How do you, how do you figure that out to be able to do all these things, uh, you know, and be successful doing them? Damn. Um, well, thank God for coffee. Coffee helps <laughs> a lot as well. I love me. I'm drinking, I'm drinking, I'm drinking some right now, man. I'm drinking some right now. There you now. go, brother. Um, but no, I think um, when you're when you're passionate about something, it doesn't feel like work. You know, um, you know, it just feels like an extension of what you're already doing. Um, and I've noticed now, you know, as I've gotten older. You know, the time, like you said, when you're younger, like, oh, I'm just I'm just going to hang out. I'm going to stay up playing video games or, yep. you know, and or watching, you know, watching my Lakers because I'm a diehard Lakers fan. A lot of oh, folks there we go. Oh, Lakers no. Play. Oh, no. Yeah, we're yeah, get into, we're getting into Lakers now. We're getting into the Lakers. <laughs> so, Coming to the podcast. Yeah. But uh, but, you know, it's it's then thinking about your time and then like, OK, I can sit here and watch an hour and a half of that game. Or I can watch it for about 20 minutes and then spend that other hour and 10 minutes working on my podcast. Yeah. Um, you know, when my son goes to sleep, yeah, I could stay up and watch like a movie on Netflix. Yeah. Or you know what? I can work on a new script for a next book. I mean, it's you know, like for me, it's when you start thinking about how you're using your time and prioritizing it, and then all of a sudden it doesn't really feel like you're doing so much because using the same amount of time, it's just, instead of me doing something else, I'm just, you know, now putting my attention on other things. Yeah. And and it's not in like, it's, you didn't say like, while my son is awake, I could do like, you're obviously spending time, you know, with, with your family. And exactly when when I was, um, I actually, when you're talking about this, uh, so I do a lot of speaking, traveling, consulting. And I remember I was actually, on a plane and I'm like writing a blog post, I'm getting through email, you know, the, the plane is, is actually one of my favorite times. And it's because nobody can call me and I can't take any calls. I can just, I gotta, I can just zip through some stuff. Right. And, uh, there's a woman sitting beside me and she was just kind of like looking, you know, like, do you know when you feel like someone just wants to talk to you, but you don't look yeah. cause you don't want to talk. Like you just, I don't, I don't want to get into it. I don't want whatever you want to talk about. I'm not interested right now. Cause I, 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 I do, yeah. 
right? And so she she finally like I I kind of like I actually have my I have giant like I have small headphones and I have giant headphones and giant headphones are are a symbol. Don't talk to me. Like I, it's like my like like hey don't like I'm I'm doing stuff right now, right? Because it's I don't know it just it just makes it feel bigger. Right? I don't know whatever. So she comes over. To, so she finally gets my attention. I'm like oh hey how are you? She's like you know I was like you once where I was just working. And that will catch up to you, right? And I and I was like, you know, hey, I appreciate that. Um, I'm doing this stuff now, so when I get home, I can just be with my kids, so I don't have to worry about this then, right? So like, I could watch movies right now because there's like basically all of them, right? And yeah, I have access to them, but it is prioritizing that so I could. And it's like trying to find those times where you know you have that, and it, you know it is hard, but it is trying to think about that. But like I could have easily watched those movies and then, you know, kind of like half with my kids. And and like I, I'm not I wish I could say like I am 100 percent totally when I'm around my kids. I never check my phone. I never. Nah, I'd be lying. Right. But I'm way better than what I used to be because I find those times when, you know, that maybe I don't even have access to my kids at that moment to to do this. Right. And I really appreciate that because it is finding it like when you have that purpose it's like you watching like a Netflix show versus doing that. I find doing that work sometimes is just as enjoyable. Like, would you, would you like agree? Like you feel that? My wife is, I know she's listening to this. She's going to hate me for saying it, but that's <laughs> kind of what I say all the time. Like yeah. I find enjoyment yeah. in what I do. Yeah. Like I get inspired by talking to other amazing educators like yourself. I get inspired by doing the work I get. In, like I tell people I get in, I get a thrill just looking through data sometimes and thinking about like, oh, now, now, now you're pushing it. <laughs> I mean, I mean, seriously, like I'm just, yeah, that's just, that's just me. And, you know, and I, and I make sure to tell folks, I understand that is the last thing a lot of folks <laughs> would want right. to do, but right. I'm that person. Um, and like I said, it's like you said, like that lady saying to you on the, on the plane, Mm -hmm. I sometimes a pet peeve of mine. I'll get mad when folks will say, "Oh, you shouldn't be doing all this." Right. Or, you know, you're just, and I'm like, "Hey, I'm happy. I think right. you should try to find what makes you happy too, because I'm not messing with <laughs> you. I'm, I'm over right. here, right. you know, uh, doing my work or whatever." So, so yeah, man. Like I said, I love it's it. it's. I'm gonna I'm gonna drop some truth right now. The reason some people say that is because they're not doing that, and and it makes them feel bad. That's what it is. It's not, oh, you shouldn't be doing that because I'm living, I'm just the happiest person ever. It's like, no, I want to kind of, I'm going to kind of drag you down a little bit. It is, it is that. And it's I, the I, I, mentality. Yeah. And so, so like you see that sometimes and, and that, that for me, like, um, I, I love, I, I'm, maybe I'm notoriously bad for this. I, 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 I do things I love. And then if I, if I start to lose that love, then I move on to something else that I love. And I, I find that, and like I, I love writing. I, I'm not, I'm, I'm not a big reader. I'm not, but I love writing. And so uh, I find, you know, I create a lot of stuff. You know, I love doing this podcast. I love meeting new people, and um, you know, having this like, like what, a, what a great opportunity to, you know, sit down and talk to you. And like, I don't feel like, oh, this is such a waste of time. I'm just, this is like, no, this is good for me. I actually, I love that people watch this, but I, I would do this if nobody did. You know what I mean? Like Definitely. that's, that's something I just, I love having this time. Um, I want to ask you this question. You said that you went from 
uh, you went from teacher to high school assistant principal, correct? To middle school principal. Uh, middle. It was middle school assistant principal. A middle school assistant principal to middle school. That I was a high school assistant principal. Okay. So what? Tell tell about the transition from like high school to middle school. Like how gotcha. how was that? Yeah. So, and and y'all, I promise for everybody listening, I'm not crazy. <laughs> I love the transition yeah. from high school to middle school, and. But but I but I tell folks this, and this is what I think it's important when you talk about knowing your strengths, knowing, you know, mm-hmm. what what you feel you're you're good at and what you know, like you're kind of cautious about. And I used to tell my teachers, I feel like I was a better middle school administrator mm-hmm. than what I would have been if I was a middle school teacher. Right. Because, and what I mean by that is, I knew I wanted to teach high school. And and then, you know, now I teach a little, I should have said earlier, I also do the adjunct professor on the side too. So I teach some, some college a little. So, That's crazy. So, yeah. So I love teaching the older students. But when it comes down to the management of like a building and knowing the structure and how the things like, I guess, kind of should be set up. To, to yeah. run a school, if that makes sense. Yeah. I preferred the middle school because to me, everything felt slower. Yeah. Um, and, and I use like a sports analogy for a lot of my pre-service teachers. I said, you know, think of elementary, middle and high school, like your rec sports, your school sports, mm-hmm. that college slash professional. You're still right. playing the same game, but yeah. now everybody's just bigger, stronger, faster. And everything's moving a little quicker. Right. So I remember for me, when I got my first administrative role and it was a middle school assistant principal, I just felt almost like everything was moving slower to me, if that Mm -hmm. makes sense. Like the transitions were slower. The type of things that I saw felt a little smaller compared to what I was used to at a high Mm -hmm. school level, you know, with 14, 15, 16 year old, uh, 16 year olds, et cetera. So yeah, man. And I remember I, I had that that own self-reflection where I had to really kind of think like, this is strange. I knew I never wanted to, to be a middle school teacher because right. I rem- I didn't think I had the patience. Right. But then I found myself loving middle school. Yeah. So when I end up, um, my wife and I had transitioned at the time because I was um, going to the University of Georgia um, for grad school. Yeah. So we had left and it's like a graduate assistant, you know, doing that thing. But then I was like, hey, I want to get back into school. So that became a high school assistant principal. Mm-hmm. And I remember I was like, man, I really miss middle school. Like, I just want to get back in that middle school school vibe. So when I had the opportunity to then become a middle school principal, mm-hmm. oh, man, you would have thought I was like just the happiest joker in the world because I was looking forward to being back in that environment because I had missed it so much. Well, I like I actually when I I started high school, even though I wanted to be an elementary teacher, I started I started at the high school level um, and then I went to elementary and I like said, I will never work with middle school students. Never, ever. And then, uh, you know, I ended up teaching at a middle school uh, and then I was an administrator at a at a K-9 school. And I, I love them. I, I it was like, you know, you kind of have I think part of it was. I remember how I was in middle school and that's not a person I want to deal with in my life. Do you know what I mean? So, so I kind of like, I was like, yeah, I don't want to deal with like 13 year old Georges. That's, that would be the worst thing ever. K 
Okay, I'm gonna, I gotta, I thought of this, I thought of this story, and I'm gonna ask your advice and see if I'm like the worst okay. middle school principal. Okay, so I worked at a K nine school, and okay. there was a kid in grade nine, and he he caused some trouble, and we had some conversations, right? So, so one, t- so there was one day he was he was so it's a kindergarten grade nine school. He was going at. And he was like, kind of not like doing anything physical, but he was kind of like mocking some kindergarten kids, right? The kindergarten kids teamed up and basically started like throwing rocks at him and like beat him up to the point where he couldn't see. And I'm like, and he came in like, so the kindergarten kids beat like teamed together to beat up a grade nine kid. Now he wasn't like a horrible beating or anything like this. So I like, he's like crying in my office, but he's also like, doesn't want to say what happened. Cause he doesn't want to say like, yeah, I got, yeah, it, yeah. From, I got it from some five-year-olds. And so I'm like sitting here and I'm like, what, I don't even know what to do here. Like the, these kids are kind of like, they're probably scared and they like team to like, it's actually pretty smart for five-year-olds and you know, doing this. And I remember like the one kid, when I talked to them, I'm like, Hey, what happened? And the kid was like terrified. He was like, I'm like, I can't understand this kindergarten kid. I can't understand anything you're saying. So I actually just like, I just said, I think this is just natural consequences. So I'm just like, let's just don't do this with kindergarten kids. And so I actually didn't like, I was just like, I think the discipline was you getting beat, beat up by kindergarten kids. And I don't think you'll ever bother them again. Cause like this is, cause like every kid. So I don't know, this is maybe probably making me look horrible. <laughs> So I'm I'm asking you like because you're because la- I was like did exactly as soon as I heard the story I'm like no that did I started laughing I'm like that seriously like kindergarten kids like mob together and you kind of like see this like circle of little kids running together so what would you have done in that situation? See that that I could say that's an experience that I've never had because <laughs> I know. And, and, and 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 the, the reason why I say that was when you talk about a school like that yeah having those kind of interactions. Right, right, right. You know, I, I'm used to, you know, K through five, six through eight, um, or maybe a fourth through eight school. And then, you know, right, like a, right. a nine through 12. So all the kids are generally within several years of each other. Um, but no, for something like that, I, I think having them together, but then <laughs> really kind of going by, right, going by like, their developmental age like to kind of see like like for the five-year-olds like so they're already like you said they're (laughs) you know they they can barely breathe they're crying Um, right so so you having a conversation with them maybe doesn't have to be as stern because you can already see the impact that it's causing them oh they were they were they were like they were terrified they had like you know the the thought of them coming to the office and it was like i think preface all of this so nobody you know you can't like, I don't teach anywhere, so you can't fire me. So, the, so the, so to preface this, the thing, and I, you and I have talked about this, the importance of relationships. This wasn't like, yes. I think sometimes when I was in admin, people expected me to have a handbook that listed everything a kid could possibly do wrong. And then the corresponding punishment, right? So if kid yes. does a, what, what is a punishment? I'm like, okay, I have a relationship with this kid. Like he, this kid has been in the office before. Um, mm-hmm. He, you know, like he, he kind of got that he deserved it. Do you know what I mean? Like that this was, he was kind he crossed the line. These kids did this, this kid, these kids, if I like, what am I going to suspend kindergarten kids for sticking up? For, like, you know, there's like all these things. 
And like, I, I called all the parents and we had conversations about it. I, I remember actually calling the boy's mom, the grade nine. And she's like, good. Like, <laughs> it's, it's good. That happened. Maybe he won't bug kindergarten kids anymore. Right. And it was just kind of like, it was like that. Right. And I think that that's me was a really important aspect of like, when you're dealing with student discipline, right. It's not just like this kid did this. Here's the result. It's like, like, I, I, I know people are like, Oh, I don't suspensions are bad. No suspensions are sometimes good. And some, and sometimes in school suspensions are good. Sometimes out of school suspensions are good. It depends on the relationship. It depends on the kid. It depends on what you know. Like I, I knew sometimes if you suspended a kid, and I'm saying this is truth. If you, if that kid was home, it would be like, oh, is this kid like what could happen to this child, like at yeah. home, right? And there's no way I'm like getting that. Like that kid's gonna be in my office for five days before I'm sending them, you know, to that situation, right? And I, I've seen that. I've seen that. And I don't know what your thoughts are on all that. No, I mean you're right. It's 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 the relationship piece, and it's. Right. Because generally, when you open that dialogue up with a parent or guardian, mm-hmm. and and I really mean this now, especially myself being a parent now, and yeah. you can just say like, "Hey, look, we just need to have this conversation." You know, your your child can't be doing this, and yep. and a lot of parents, like when I talk to them, I'm really kind of very open. Like, I'm like, "Hey, you, you know, your your kid can't be doing this." Right. Like, if right. somebody did this to your kid, how would you feel? Like, help me gotta come to a resolution. Now, that was obviously what I was as a, as a building administrator. My role now usually I get the call after the call. So someone has already called and then they're mad and they're like, I want you to lay this person out because they told me this and I think this is wrong. Generally from there and what I found now is it's all still the same thing. Like when you have that conversation Mm -hmm. and a lot of times just getting people to really kind of see where, where you're coming from, but also seeing where they're coming from. Yeah. You know, and totally. and and getting them just to see, like, hey, look, we might disagree. You know, like a parent mm-hmm. could have disagreed with you. They might have said, no, you, you should have suspended that kid. Yeah. Well, you know, maybe I could have, but this is why I felt this was yeah. the the right way. But once again, you were engaging people in a very authentic conversation and being very real with them. Yeah. So it still alleviates that that pressure that i like to say that pressure comes from when you're not having that clear um, communication yeah and that social capital that you know i built in communities when i was administrator i'm sure i know you would do the exact same thing every morning i'm outside greeting families talking to kids talking to you know um parent in the hallway sees me and says hey can i talk to you for a second i would never say hey you need to book an appointment i was just like hey yeah no problem come on in if like if i have, if i'm free and then when when something goes wrong, then then it was way easier to deal with, right? But if that was the first time I ever interact with that parent, they don't know anything about me. They don't know if I care about their kid. They don't like that. That's then that turn that five minute conversation could you know it could turn into hours, and then calls the superintendent and all that other stuff, right? Can I can I chime in on that for a second? Please, please, because because when you said that, it brought me to something and something that really kind of hit home for me as an administrator. So I I think I made the comment earlier. My my first administrative job was at at a middle school Mm -hmm. and it was actually in a different district. So the the district that I had started in teaching actually went to a different district to become middle school assistant principal. And, you know, I was 25. I think I had just turned 25, 24, 25. So I was super young, you know, really young as as an administrator, right? 
so get to the middle school, obviously start making those relationships, right? So I was there maybe two years. Yeah, I was there two years. Then I went back to grad school at UGA. So we were gone for several years, and then I moved back. And I ended up moving back in the district where I had started my administrative career at the time, right? Mm -hmm. And I happened to then get a job at the high school up the street from the middle school where I used to be an assistant principal. Right. right. And those same little kids were now, half of them were like grown kids because they were, some of them were looking me in the eye. And I'm about six, six, three, six, four, everybody. So some of those kids hit a huge growth spurt in those couple of years I was gone. But what was crazy was how those relationships then carried over right. when I got back. Those same, oh, Mr. Wood, like, they were, uh, oh, you haven't changed. I mean, you look a little older, your hairline. You start, what did uh, one mom just say? Mr. Woods is starting to fade a little bit, honey. I'm like, yeah, you know, age is catching up to me. This stress that these kids giving me. But but all all joking aside, it it I remember it was such a surreal feeling because thinking just thinking about how how some nuggets that you put years ago right. and laying the foundation is playing dividends several years later because like i said they hadn't seen totally. me for what two maybe three years and rock come in the door oh mr woods hey what's up oh mr woods up we know how you feel about this my bad i mean it just felt good just to kind of um validate the impact of building those relationships it's like, it's like, uh, if you know anything about stocks, ETFs, things like that, the earlier you invest, the more you pays off along. It's like compound interest. Like when you said that basically those years going on over and over and over again, that compound interest, you know, accumulates very, very quickly. Um, I do want to ask you about, and you told me a little bit about this and I'd love you to share the story again. Um, you have a series out and it's a children's book series, correct? With code breaker. Yeah. Uh, Brian Aswell, mm -hmm. also also Canadian, right? <laughs> I should add the O Canada theme. Just so you know, I don't know if you know. Um, I don't know if you know Justin Bieber is Canadian. Do you know? I got I got this a little aside for yeah. like, people. So there is a place called in Canada called Tim Hortons, and it's like Dunkin's Donuts for Canada, and they have okay. these these like donut holes, but they're called Tim Bits. But now they have like Tim Biebs, and so they're like Justin Bieber. I'm telling you, they're going crazy. I'm telling you, Tim Biebs. Fun fact. I yeah. When I come to Canada, I'm up to go get, scoop some up. There, it's like, yeah, I don't know how. I don't even know why I brought that up. But anyways, I just—it's <laughs> literally the only thing on social media the last five days. It's like these Tim bit, whatever donut holes from Justin Bieber. So I'm, 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 I'm a, go. I'm a little bit of a Bieber fan, but whatever. Anyway, so your your children's series. Um, I want to be so tell us I, I don't want you to just tell us what it um, tell us what the books are but like I loved how you told how they actually came to fruition in the first place okay so yeah so so the series how it started was um, the, the main character is my son uh, Hilton and what happened is you know my, my wife and I you know we, we had our um, our son and um, he's biracial and, you know, I think for a lot of us who, who are parents, you mm -hmm. the world starts really changing when you're a parent and you start paying attention to things with a little bit more more detail. And for me and, and, and my wife, what happened was 
we really started paying attention to the books that we put in front of them, the, the, the posters, the images, everything. And one thing that really kind of brought up some concern for me or some heartburn was I didn't, it, I found it having to be a job to find things that I felt related to our family. Like, why did I have to put so much effort to look through books to find things that I feel like relate to him? You know, like that, that it shouldn't be like that, right? Mm -hmm. So what happened was um, my wife surprised me for one of my birthdays and bought me, I guess, one of those books where it's, it's supposed to be like you and your child personalized. And I remember looking at the book and saying, well, man, that dude looks really good. He looks like a model. He don't look like me. Like, <laughs> I don't see myself in this book. That, that was, I would tell y'all, that was my initial first reaction. And, you know, from there, I mean, you know, I liked it. And I said, hey, thank you. And, and she was like, oh, you don't like it. And I was like, no, I'm not saying that. And so obviously, y'all, for all my married folks on there, you know how that goes. So we kind of had a little conversation. And um, from there, it, it turned into, she was like, well, you know, uh, if you think you can do better, you should just write your own book. And I was like, well, sure, I'm going to do it right now. She was like, good. So I storm off to the kitchen. And um, literally from there, man, that's the idea really kind of took fruition. Then it kind of was like, hey, you know, I think I kind of got something. So the like I said, the theme is I want to be. And how each book starts is it's me sitting in my son's room. So that first page that you see in the in the little recliner in there and the blanket in the window and everything, that's actually my son's room that I will have me and the illustrator sketched out. And it starts off every night, him sitting on my lap saying, you know, like every night I imagine what I want to be. And it takes him through a different occupation. So you see his little kid face on oh, like a grown awesome. body. Yeah. Um, and yeah, man, it, it, it just blew up. It went from, you know, the first one about I want to be a lawyer to a meteorologist, excuse me, to an architect, meteorologist, CEO, et cetera. And we've got six right now in the series. And um, initially I had self-published them, did everything myself. And then, like I said, shout out Brian and Daphne. They're amazing at Codebreaker. Mm -hmm. um, we had kind of struck up a conversation and they looked at it and they were like, hey, we, we love this. We think other folks will like it, Matt. We want to want to help you kind of get this 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 message out there. And yeah, man, we connected and um, we're actually in the process now. We did a couple small tweaks to it because now it's, everything's going to rhyme really tight. It's going to be really yeah. good. And um, yeah, the second second edition is getting ready to come out, right. man. And we're looking forward to it. Uh, and, and, and I think that, you know, when you think about uh, like the school experience, um, thinking about I, I didn't connect with a lot of the stuff that was uh, we read in school, connected. Uh, and I think that that matters tremendously, right? And I always use this example of The Great Gatsby. Like most people read The Great Gatsby in high school if you're anywhere near my age. And I always ask why. Like, why did we read The Great Gatsby, right? And and actually, um, I always say, did we read it because it's in the curriculum we must read The Great Gatsby? Or do we? the school already own 100 copies and the teacher just knew the book, right? And that was was the connection. And so you're, you're not necessarily seeing this. And like, if you actually look at um, elementary uh, or leveled reading, there is this pushback that kids will read at higher levels 
if they actually are interested in the content, see themselves represented in the space. And so they will read at higher levels, right? But if they don't have any connection to the characters or anything in the book, it actually stagnates their reading, right? And so that's actually, I love, and I love that you, I, you know, and I, I love that you did that, but I, I especially love that your wife challenged you and you're like, all right. <laughs> I mean, yeah, okay, I mean, yeah, I'll, I'll do it myself. I like that. I like that. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So like, yeah, man, it's, 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 it's exciting. Like I said, um, I, it's been an amazing experience, uh, how folks have really gravitated to the book, yeah, books gravitated to the meaning of it. And yeah, I mean, you know, folks are just chomping at the bits for the, the, the re-release. So yeah. Well, so, Hey, so hopefully when this, do you know when the, when the, cause this will be published in 2022. When, when is the re-release projected for, do you know? Oh yeah, twenty twenty two. Yeah, supposed when, to be hopefully the end of this month, but if not, they're in January. Mm -hmm. Okay, so so based on that, if you look in the description down below, you will actually see a link to uh, Matt's books. So I would pick it up and check it out for your your own family, and it's obviously for your school too, right? Like some kid, like we can read yeah, to our yeah. school, right? Teachers, check it out. Yeah. So that's awesome. All right, so. I wrote this down because because nobody once I start talking about this, everyone turns out. You mentioned the Lakers. Why are you a Lakers fan? I gotta ask this. Who, who like what what's what's the Lakers deal? So the Lakers, um, you know, first rest nobody peace, listens. So this is all educators listen to this. Once they get in the basketball, everyone's gone. Yeah. Yeah. First and foremost, rest in peace, Kobe Bryant. Um, yeah, you know, definitely the Jordan in my opinion, of, of my generation, right. the impact that he had on me. And um, no, but I've been a Kobe, I mean, it's Kobe, Lakers fan, God, like since the the, the late 90s, you Kobe's know, so I was Shackers. there right before. Right. I'm talking about like with um, Nick Van Exel. Yes, there you go. I was, gonna see, I, I was gonna start dropping. I was gonna start dropping some of them nuggets, and I didn't think. And when I'm Magic Cream days, man. I'm I've been I've been with. There them. you go. Yeah. So I, I just always had to fit for the Lakers. So you know that that three peat, you know, with yep. Kobe and Shaq. You know, I, I tell you know now for like the old person saying like, oh man, the good old days. Mm -hmm. You know, and then even when. When we kind of went through the rebuild and, and Kobe pulled out the next couple of Gasol and um yeah, I mean, I've just I just love the Lakers. And then we got the King now, we got LeBron. I mean, right. how could you not love the Lakers? Okay, you just so gotta I, ask yourself that. So I'm I it sounds like I want to ask you is that to find out who's your guys. Cause like I actually been a Lakers fan since uh Magic and Kareem. So basically growing up in Canada, it's all hockey. And the only games we get were the finals. So you either like the Lakers or you like the Celtics, right? Because that was like my generation, right? And I, I hated Larry Bird. Uh, I, I love him now, right? When you get older, yeah. you start to appreciate how good these players were. But I got to tell you this Kobe story. You're going you're gonna to love this. You're going to so appreciate this. Because it just shows you kind of how different a time that we're in. Um, I actually diehard um, Lakers fan and have been forever. So I grew up in a small a town in Canada called Humboldt, Saskatchewan. And I, there's about, uh, there's a university an hour away and we'd always play basketball. And there's this guy, his name was Willie Murdoch. And Willie Murdoch was the best basketball player I've ever played against. He was ridiculous. He was like 
he kind of looked like if you took a pin to him, he would his muscles would pop because he just was so ripped. I've never seen someone so ripped in my life. He would come play with us. Like I would play with grade two kids when I play basketball. Like it was just like like we were and like I'm six foot four as well, right? So I'm like I'm not like a little guy. So he actually he was so good and he played on like a semi-pro team. He got a tryout um with the Lakers, right? And I was like, this is ridiculous, right? And I'm like, yeah. wow, he's Willie Murder. I was gonna make it. This guy's incredible. So he got cut. I'm like, if he got cut, I can't imagine how good NBA players are, right? Like he was yeah. so good. So this is the part you're gonna love. And so he comes back, he's wearing this Laker practice gear. And that was the year Shaq went to the Lakers. And I said, Willie, how is Shaq? He's like, Shaq's really good. But there's this kid named Kobe Bryant. I'm like, who? He's like, Kobe Bryant. I'm like, no, I don't care. Tell me what Shaq, he's like, I'm telling you, Kobe Bryant is going to be ridiculous. I'm like, whatever. And that's the first time I ever heard of Kobe Bryant was a guy I knew in Canada who played basketball with him. And like, you know, like I watched Zion Williamson play since he was 14 years old. But like Kobe Bryant at the time, unless you lived in Philly, you probably never heard of him, right? Like, it, like totally different time with social media and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So then, then I just became like, you know, I was like a diehard Kobe fan. I got, you can't see him, but I got like, you actually see one pair. I got some Kobe shoes yeah. behind me, right? So okay. I got like, yeah, oh well, yeah. Oh, I'm a Laker guy. I'm a Laker. I'm like a lifelong Laker guy. Yeah, I, said, see, I was Cedric Sabala. The George and Matt show. We could talk about the Lakers too, man. See? Yeah. Hey, so, <laughs> right. And so, hey, you'll appreciate this. I was so mad they traded Vladdy Divac for, for Kobe Bryant. I'm like, why would you trade for a high school kid, Vladdy Divac? I'm like, I'm kind of looking at myself in this video. I'm like, I kind of look like Vladdy Divac. <laughs> Right, <laughs> right, a little bit. I got the beard. I got just the, a little bit, just, just a little, little bit. bit. I got a little Vladdy in me. So I remember I was so I was like, how could you trade Vladdy Divac for this Kobe kid? Right. So yeah, just 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 crazy how that um progresses. So I I don't want to get into basketball too much because it's just this is me and you now. Nobody else is listening because every time yeah. I, if someone mentions basketball, I'm like, okay, I gotta ask you a question. But Matt, dude, it is like seriously. Just so impressed. Uh, I I really hope um, you can actually see uh, Matt has his Twitter handle up there. Uh, Wood from a Woods. Connect with him on Twitter. I know it's a little bit different on Instagram, so we'll post that um, as well. But you can actually check out Matt's uh, series as well. And uh, I, I hope we get to do this again because it, it's been a real pleasure to get to know you over the last couple of weeks and connect with you. So, um, yeah, it's just been awesome, man. Definitely, man. I appreciate you inviting me on. Appreciate the space. Like I said, you know, I'm a huge fan of the great work you're doing. So glad we we're able to connect. Well, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just an old slow guy now. I don't do anything. I'm like, I'm gonna go go on TikTok after this and just, you know, eat chips. <laughs> you know, like teach a class and read it and write a book at the same time. So, anyways, man, super inspiring. I, uh, I wish all the best for you, and uh, I can't wait for this to be published. So, everyone, thank you so much for listening. I hope you have a wonderful day. Take care. 